October 28th, Cypher held a joint LinkedIn Live session with Prosegor to discuss the future of connected devices and specifically the future of IoT devices. For today's podcast, we will air the audio portion of this episode for our viewers to listen uh, to that important conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you will be informed when we publish our next episode. And now we will begin the audio portion of that LinkedIn Live session. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Peter Hackett, and I am the Global Program Director for Cypher. Today, I'm excited to moderate our panel discussion on the future of connected devices. I am joined by my colleague, Scott Krosky, the Global Chief Information Security Officer for Cypher, as well as Greg Kuhn, who is the Director of IoT for ProSegur USA. Both Scott, Greg, and I all come from Long Island, New York. Scott and Greg, how are you today? Doing good, Pete. Thanks. Very good, guys. Thanks for having me. We're really appreciative of your time today, both of you. And for our audience, we at Cypher and ProSegur envision a very near future that is full digitalization of the real world and the virtual world. Every vehicle, every machine, every device, and everything will be connected through billions of sensors connected on every device. They will be precisely describing their state, whereby each physical device will have a digital twin in the virtual world. This fully digital world will be a reality in the next year or two. We saw the same type of transformation of personal smart devices when Apple introduced the first iPhone a decade ago. And as you can see on this chart, the yellow bar graph saw an exponential increase in addition of smartphones, tablets, and other personal mobile computing systems between 2010 and 2018. In addition, with the emergence of the 5G communication grid, we anticipate the framework will be laid out to allow for organizations to rapidly adopt IoT devices to support their business objectives, medical devices, manufacturing systems, security cameras, temperature readers, smart homes, and smart utility systems will be everywhere in the next few years. And in the next two years, many research firms anticipate anywhere between 14 and 20 billion IoT devices connected to the internet. So for today's discussion, I'd like to frame two separate but related conversations. First, I wanna showcase how a large enterprise in using IoT devices to transform their service delivery. And Greg works at ProSegur and they have very ambitious goals to infuse IoT devices into their services. And for the second topic, I wanna to discuss some of the cybersecurity challenges related to IoT devices and how Cypher is posturing to be a leader in the security of IoT devices. And Scott will focus on this topic. And with that, let's first turn to Greg. Greg, can you go into some detail about how ProSquare is currently using IoT devices to deliver their private security services? Sure, Pete. Um, you know, we, we, we really focus on a number of different types of devices, you know, whether it's wired, wireless, um, whatever fits the application. But uh, we focus on devices that help to add context to what a customer is looking to do within their security environment. So whether it's environmental, you know, measuring temperature, measuring humidity, measuring, you know, all those environmental variables that can have an impact on what they're doing, uh, whether it's, you know, different sensors for things like gunshot detection, uh, radar detection, a number of other, you know, um, things that we can measure with, with unique sensor types, um, or whether it's using cameras and, and other sensors that, you know, we have already in their existing security environments um, and leveraging some of the analytics that we can run on those devices to be able to collect metadata uh, from them and, and run further analytics um, so that we can, again, add context and, and add meaning to what's happening within their environment so they can make more intelligent decisions on how to react or how to preempt uh, a certain event from happening. Yeah, great. That's a great summary of how ProSegur uses IoT devices today. And following the initial few months of the global pandemic, um, how exactly did ProSegur shift their IoT device utilization to support the challenges of returning to work? Sure. Uh, you know, returning to work 
was definitely a challenge for everybody, right? Uh, definitely here in the New York area and, and across the globe. Still is so, globally. Yeah, still is globally. <laughs> a lot of companies looking for work, coming out of work. And, you know, I mean, hey, well, luckily here from Cypher, we're getting ready to go back into the office next week, which is going to be kind of nice. But, you know, I've been to a couple of client offices already and have seen some of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were able to to come back and, you know, maintain socially distant uh, meaning to, to how we worked and, and how we did all that. Um, you know, part of that comes into when we look at those cameras that we were just talking about and some of the analytics that we can run and say, okay, you know, person X and person Y are definitely six feet apart, right? Or use some of those analytics to help with contact tracing um, to determine, okay, you know, individual X, um, may have been, you know, patient zero, right? Who did they come in contact in their day-to-day -day, um, at the office? Um, but kind of even before that, before they enter the office, right? So moving towards smart devices that allow for, for contactless entry, uh, contactless access control, contactless um, turnstiles, and a number of different things that allow us to kind of gate people, allow uh, certain occupancy rules to be, you know, abided by and, and that type of stuff to monitor and measure how many people were coming and going and, and making sure that we were in compliance at the same time. So uh, a lot went into that and, and we're still innovating and coming up with new ways to, to continue to do that. Yeah, and speaking about innovation, Greg, can you talk a little bit about some of the innovation efforts that ProScore is pursuing today regarding the adoption of IoT devices for services uh, in the near future? Absolutely. Um, a piece of my team is, is really focusing on this, Pete and Scott, because it's, it's really important, right? How do we take um, some of the sensors that we have out there and, and how do we validate some of the data and add context you know, to that meaning, like we were talking about before? So um, taking some of that data and ensuring that uh, it's meaningful, ensuring that it's trustworthy, ensuring that we can do with it what we want to do with it once it gets to that analytic stage yeah. um, is really important. So we've done a lot around aggregating that data uh, a lot around encrypting and ensuring that data is um, viable and, and good to use, right, in some of those calculations. Um, you know, that's just the software side of it, uh, which is mm -hmm. really important. The hardware side of it, too, you know, developing new sensors every day, developing new ways to, to integrate sensors into uh, unique environments, harsh environments, uh, which is really important. You know, everything from critical infrastructure to retail to um, commercial buildings um, in general, uh, you know, we have solutions for and we're, we're developing new every day. So uh, hey, a lot goes into that. Yeah, great. Can I ask you a quick question? I was actually curious about that too. The, so what, what do you find more challenging just from, a, you know, integrating from a software perspective or a hardware perspective? You know, there's unique challenges for both, Scott, right? Um, hardware can get tricky because you can work all day on a prototype and once you've got it, right, it's, it's sometimes really exciting for, for some of our developers. Look yeah. what we just created, right? Um, but then you say, okay, how do I go build 10,000 of these and install them across the country? You got to partner with uh, manufacturers to be able to, to, to scale it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we do. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we have uh, the ability to do that in house. So that's, that's really great. Um, with software, you know, there's some of those types of challenges that um, are a little bit easier, but you run into more on the cyber side, right? How do you validate that this is secure? How do we test it? How do we, um, do all that. And, and there's a portion of our lab that's dedicated to just doing that function um, and working with, you know, you guys, of course, to, to right. make sure that uh, everything is buttoned up and, and working as described. Yeah, I can tell you all about the software side. I think we're actually getting right into that here in a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's okay, Scott. No worries. It's actually a good segue. So, yeah, so focusing on cybersecurity for IoT devices. So, Scott, how does securing IoT devices differ um, from traditional IoT systems? 
Yeah, you know, Pete. So uh, you know that, that that chart that we showed earlier is actually really mm -hmm. important because they're they're we, well, we consider the IoT devices to be unmanaged, right? Uh, traditional IT systems you can ensure the security of those systems by doing a couple of things. You could, you could join them to a domain. You can enforce certain security policies on them that they have to follow. You could even install software on them like advanced antivirus or endpoint protection or endpoint detection and response, you know, EDR software on it to, to really monitor, look at malicious activity and be able to block that activity on the endpoint itself. The problem with the IoT devices is, is the majority of these are engineered specifically to complete or to do one or two tasks, and that's really about it. And, and a lot of them are portable, they're mobile, um, they have to operate under certain you know, energy constraints, uh, so you can't dedicate a ton of CPU, memory utilization. You know, a lot of that's not just possible in these devices. I mean, imagine a small device that's supposed to have a battery life of, of, of 24 to 48 hours. Well, you can't have a, a, a quantum computer, you can't have a, a supercomputer inside this device because it's just going to drain the energy. Right. So they're very, very small and they're very, very dedicated to one or two tasks. So you can't do the same things that you would normally do from traditional IT security. So you have to approach it from a different perspective. Yeah, and, 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 there, and therein lies the challenge, right? That's exactly um, right. So, so what is uh, Scott? So, what is Cipher currently doing today to uh, provide cybersecurity services for IoT devices? So we have a um, we have our yellow box offering, which is one which is okay. These are if, if you have IoT devices that sit with inside a, a dedicated network, as i.e. they're not roaming around on the uh, cellular network or you know anything like that. If they're if they're like fixed based IP cameras, access control systems, you know anything that's within an office that's being used, kind of the things that Greg had talked about before about um, the offices and. Uh, you know, we we deploy Yellow Box in in um, into that environment to protect it. And what is it? What is Yellow Box exactly? So Yellow Box is, um, you know, it's 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 advanced. It's yellow. It's yellow. It's for yellow. yellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yellow for Rossiter, right? Exactly. We all know that. Yeah. So 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 it's actually a packaged up suite. So it's it's um you know it's 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 next generation antivirus uh, or excuse me next generation firewall um for some of the devices inside the uh, inside the environment that are management like it like maybe a DVR server that's recording or maybe mm -hmm. a, a workstation that's managing these IoT devices will deploy endpoint protection to there. Uh, but really the, the the key the key differentiator for us is that um, we our yellow box environment it sits within an ecosystem and and we have this um, cyber intelligence orchestration platform called Portaland um, that infuses uh, intelligence into those uh, devices. And what we typically, what we have that we've stood up is, is actually a, an, an IoT and an ESS honeypot. And that honeypot is deployed out there uh, on the internet to look at specific attack techniques um, that are directed at those IoT devices. So case in point here, let's say, you know, we, let's say Cypher has today, you know, let's, let's pick a, a dozen of our customers and they're all running, you know, a specific type of IP based camera. Um, you know, if they're under yellow box protection, as those devices are targeted by uh, a cyber actor uh, that's, that's looking to conduct malicious activity against those devices, the yellow boxes uh, at the perimeter recognizes that information, intercepts that information, actually proxies that information to our honeypot instead. And the honeypot then begins to mimic that IoT device. So we've just intercepted the traffic and have redirected it to our honeypot. Um, and then the honeypot will then begin communicating back to that threat actor, learning what it is that that threat actor is attempting to do with the device, you know, eventually allowing access to the device 
device and once you've gained access to the device um, what can you do from there what is the threat actor doing at the you know once they've logged into the device what are they doing you know where are they coming from those types of things and then that that threat intelligence is curated and then pushed to all of our yellow boxes in the ecosystem so if you're customer a and you're being probed uh, and your IOT devices are being probed um, we recognize it, it we recognize that information we collect the threat intelligence and then now we push it to customer B C D E and F as well too at the same time so that way everybody shares uh, shares that information across our ecosystem so that's that's kind of our yellow box offering today that's uh, that we went out to um, you know we've worked with Prosegur on that we have that uh, available for companies that uh, are interested in, in in putting IOT systems under protection uh, from that perspective so that's that's kind of what we have today yeah. Yeah, Scott, one of the things that you mentioned, I think, is really, really important, you know, for our viewers to understand. And and we've kind of mentioned this on some of our, our podcasts, which we do on a weekly basis and a couple of other LinkedIn live sessions. But, you know, you mentioned, you know, our threat intelligence or cyber intelligence. So for our viewers out there, you know, who haven't uh, listened before or viewed before, you know, we have our cyber intelligence team located in Coimbra, Portugal, which uh, and that's where we get, you know, a lot of our uh, intelligence that, that goes into these systems that Scott was describing before. So it's a very it's a very uh, unique team, and I think it's one of our differentiators here at Cipher. So I just wanted to uh, to let our audience know that. So so Scott and Greg, what what is the future of IoT device security? I th I'd like to get a, a, uh, both of you to respond to this, and I guess um, let, let's start with Scott first. What, what do you think, Scott? Um, so we at Cipher having so we, we we've. This year, we've done what we call an open innovation project um, that we've partnered with Prosegur on. Uh, we had a challenge that we pushed out to the public um, to, to bid on. So we looked for startups that are out uh, across the world. We had plenty of startup supply um, for the challenge. And our challenge was pretty simple. It was, how do you ensure the trustworthiness of IoT devices? How do you establish that initially when an IoT device is brought onto a network? And then how do you continuously monitor for that trust and, and, and identify when there's um, an attribute or a couple different attributes that change that no longer allow you to trust that device? Uh, so we had 47 applicants that applied for that challenge. Um, I want to say it was uh, in June that uh, we, 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 we you know, uh, judged all the applications. We found eight companies in which we thought had a pretty pretty unique way of, of attacking that. Uh, so we, we, we interviewed them. We, we got an understanding of the way that their, um, their, 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 their solution worked. Uh, and then we actually had three of them, which we shortlisted and, and actually invited them to um, pitch to the Prosegur CEO, the Prosegur COO, um, you know our our boss uh, Ed, Ed Bukas, who's the CEO of Cipher, um, as well as some of the other um, uh, innovation team members in, in out of Madrid and here in New York, and 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 pitch their solutions. So um, we we selected one. Uh, we selected a company by the name of Ubrick, which uh, we've we've pushed out on our um, uh, LinkedIn feeds as well as uh, newsletters. And and Ubrick's got a really interesting way of of uh, addressing this challenge. Um, so we're we're developing a, a pilot project. Right now, with inside Prosegur to be able to do that, and so how exactly does that work? Um, I don't want to give all the specifics away, obviously, at this point, but um, you know, it's 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 through a very 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 lightweight agent that's deployed on an IoT device, uh, and it and it serves two purposes. It does two two functions. The first is it conducts cryptography uh, of every packet on that, so it's encrypting the packet uh, prior to its transmission across the internet, wherever that is. 
Um, and, and second, it, it uses a blockchain technology to take not only the content of the data packet that's being transmitted, but all the metadata and attributes about that IoT device. So what is the make, model, firmware running? Who's logged into the device at this point in time? If there's, you know, if it's if it's reading a temperature, what's the temperature reader? If it's GPS, what are the GPS coordinates? Is it expected to be where it's at? All that information is combined and signed and then put into the public blockchain ledger so that that way um, you can validate that, that that device at this date and time uh, created this packet and, and then we can stream that packet. So if it's a live video stream, uh, we can, we can encrypt that. If it's maybe a, a smart lock that's in this state, you know, if it's an open state and then somebody closed it, uh, you know, what was that, whatever the data is, it doesn't matter. Um, we can validate that, um, you know, through blockchain that, the, that, that, that device uh, actually did transmit what it said that it transmitted. So that way, if somebody were to spoof that device or spoof the traffic or be able to intercept the traffic and change it um, through that ledger, we can validate that if it, you know it's, it's either correct or not correct uh, at that point. So, so that's kind of the way in which um, you know we thought that, that was a pretty interesting way to approach this prob uh, problem set. Uh, and, and we've partnered with them. So we're, we're definitely looking forward to developing the prototype here, uh, probably in March of, um, of 2021 should have something ready to be able to begin to go to, to as a minimal viable product. Yeah, that sounds like a really um, innovative uh, approach to dealing with, uh, you know, the securing IoT devices. Um, so definitely excited about that, uh, you know, in the next, see what happens in the next couple of months. Um, so Greg, any, what, what about you? What, what are your thoughts on the future of uh, IoT device security? Well, you know, Scott and I have had this conversation um, about Ubrick before, and, and I think it's 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 a great opportunity, right, um, for us and and for deploying these types of sensors in some of our customer environments. Um, you know, especially with large, vast um, security environments that we have with enterprise level customers. Um, you know, the more complex they get, the more we need a tool like this to kind of define how safe and how secure they are, and and identify some of these gaps. So. Um, that's really positive and, and, and really impressive. So congrats to you guys and congrats to the entire ProSecure team. Um, you know, from, from our perspective, we're looking at new ways to innovate every day and, and looking at new ways to um, involve new technologies, right? 5G for one is uh, going to be a, a large yeah. catalyst. You know, we've had mm -hmm. that conversation before as yeah. well. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, 5G will be a really impressive um, uh, advancement in terms of how we can connect to these types of sensors, especially uh, some of our, our video sensors, some of our video cameras and surveillance cameras, um, because it'll allow us to actually capture more video and move more video over the internet now than we've ever done before. So yeah. uh, very exciting. Yeah, good stuff, Greg. So I guess uh, just any final thoughts for our viewers today? Um, we'll start with Greg. Anything anything you want to impart to, to them? Well, let's, yeah, let's actually hold up here for a second, Pete, because I think we've got a couple questions that are coming oh, okay. in here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, no worries. Um, Bill, doesn't matter which one you want to throw up first, it's fine. Okay, so I see this is from uh, Vincent here. Uh, what blockchain is being used or looked at? Uh, good question. So we're actually using the public uh, pub public blockchain. Uh, I'm, I, I'm more than happy if you'd like. Uh, Vincent, I'll reach out to you after this LinkedIn session here is completed and uh, maybe set up a quick uh, conversation with you on it and we can go into a little bit more details around that. But that's a that's a good question. Up until this point here uh, today with what we're looking to publicly announce and, and talk about here today, um, you know, that's pretty much all I can talk about. But let's let's have a separate conversation around that. That's great. Any other questions uh, from our uh, from our viewers, Scott? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks like you're Michael. Uh, what were the determining factors among the top three candidates that differentiated the winner versus the other two companies? Great question. So um, Ubrick and us actually created a press release about this about, I want to say two weeks ago, it was October 1st that we made the selection. Uh, so again, we had three companies that came in to give the pitch. Um, two of the companies, they, they had a very good approach of doing things and we were actually pretty impressed with it um, as well, but but it, it, it only allowed for the security of the IoT device that stayed within a physical perimeter or an environment. So if that device became mobile and went out on the internet, uh, I, you didn't have the capability of being able to establish that same level of, of um, validation of trust. Uh, whereas the Ubrick solution did, it didn't matter where it was at. Um, it was able to be able to, you know, it, you can implant it on a SIM chip. It doesn't matter where the device is, as long as it has an internet connection somewhere, I can begin to, to evaluate it for trust. I can ensure the encryption um, of the of the data, as well as ensuring that it, it uh, connects into the block public blockchain ledger uh, and validates the attributes and that we can validate that, okay, yes, this device and this person logged in at this date and time sent this, pipe, this, this piece of information in this data stream. So that was was really the differentiator that we saw and which is why we uh, we partnered with uh, with Ubrick. Great question, Michael. And Vincent, thank you for that as well too. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you here in a little bit. Perfect. Uh, Bill Bowman, any other questions uh, from our viewers? No? Okay. All right. So, so getting back to my question, so any, any final par- parting words for our viewers, Scott? No, I mean, I just think that, you know, look, Pete, you, you, you laid it out pretty well at the, at, the, at the beginning of this. You know, the future is IoT devices. We're starting to see an exponential increase in the adoption of those already. Um, look, I, we, Pete, you, I mean, we, we all live in the New York metropolitan area. Um, 5G just became a reality here a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be like that over the next couple of years as it's rolled out across the planet. And that's really the catalyst uh, for the adoption of, of these technologies. And, and real businesses will begin to really fully, fully utilize IoT systems uh, and as the more businesses become dependent upon and relying upon these these systems in order to ensure that you know they're able to effectively deliver services, the more they're dependent on that these devices are are in fact doing what they say they're doing and are not being disrupted at all. So any disruption or loss of trust to these devices will directly impact the business. Today we're seeing this you know, adoption of these security services are being done today specifically in the utility and critical infrastructure. Right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a scariest thing. I mean, Christ, right. what happens if the utility grid goes down or if water, wastewater gets backed up? You know, that's right. that's a big issue right now. So so those industries see the issues and are making investments in them, but not a lot of other businesses are making investments in them today. Um, but we know that's going to change and we know that's going to change soon. I don't know if it's yeah. going to be in six months or a year or two mm-hmm. years. But I do know one thing. I know that Cipher will be there with a with a, 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 a state-of-the-art solution to be able to secure businesses when they need it. Great. Thanks, Scott. And, and Greg, any any final words for our viewers from you? Well, I think Scott did a great job uh, yeah, summarizing that. Ditto. Maybe yeah, exactly. No, in all seriousness, um, I appreciate that, Scott. That was fantastic. You know, just to kind of echo that, I, I see um, the continual growth of IoT um, and the opportunity to provide more uh, ROI in terms of that investment, right? Um, you know, we're, we're, we're now learning how to leverage that data, right? So as we move closer to the edge, as we get more data, we can apply some of the, you know, other AI models that we have to this, right, and really expand that. 
um, you know, we can become proactive uh, instead of reactionary, right? It, which is huge for a lot of large businesses. Um, you know, everything from, you know, environmental sensors down to um, different robotics um, that we can use to, to leverage um, in security infrastructures is, is really unique and, and provides a huge value. So um, we're excited for the growth. We're excited for 5G. We're excited for, you know, all the new uh, advancements and, and especially all the things that you guys are doing. So um, we're, we're excited for the future. Yeah, th thanks, Greg, for that. And, and you know, Cypher is looking forward to a working, continue to work with ProScore in this regard going forward. So thanks, everyone, for your time today, Greg and Scott. This was great. Um, I hope this LinkedIn Live session was useful for our viewers. And for any of our viewers who are interested in Cypher or ProScore services, please reach out to us via our marketing department, which we reached at marketing at cypher.com. Thank you. <laughs>